we're in, how many know we're in a new season? Something's happening. God's moving in a powerful way. By the way, the attendance this morning, 198. Can we not find two more people? We're just hovering, right? We just, somebody bring another family next week, please. Yeah, we'll just go out. We're just going to wave them in from the road. I want to get one of those, one of those costumes and put someone out there and wave at them. Or one of those, one of those uh, banner things. Yeah, or blue guy. Yeah, we could do that. All right. So we're in a new season, right? And, and God's moving in a different way, and, he's be, and we're seeing it in every service. We're seeing what God, every service is different. Don't ever get used to things because next week it could be completely different, right? And we're not trying to do that. We're not scheduling that. We're just waiting on the Lord, whatever he wants. But, so we're in a new season, and people say, I want to get back to normal. Well, there is not ever going to be the normal anymore. Everything has shifted. Everything has changed. And we don't know what that looks like exactly yet. But it's going. So, so here's here's my point. Some things are working, and some things are not yet working, right? I mean, COVID's still around. There's still things going on. Things are still weird. So we 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 are in in those situations where some things are working, some things are not working. But I I feel like, and and this is the COVID transition series, right? This can be like twelve sermons, because I I keep waiting for us to go to yellow or something. I don't know. I, but um, so I don't know how long this will last. Probably till Easter. But God's just laying it on my heart that we should be patient because not everything is working the way we want it to work yet. But it is going to start working. And as I as I dwelt on that, the Lord took me to Father Abraham. And I want to go through his story a little bit this morning and talk about him and what happened to him because I think as radical as that change was for him, that's how radical I think things could happen for us. And like I said, I don't know yet what it looks like. I'm not trying to get us someplace because I don't know where we're going. I just got on the bus, and wherever it goes, I guess I'm going. How many, how many of you are on the bus with me? Amen. Amen. I heard T.D. Jake say this years ago. He says, my job is to drive the bus. People get on, people get off. But my job is just drive the bus. And that's what I'm going to do. And, and God's going to tell us where to go. We got GPS, God's positioning satellites. Amen. But we're in an amazing season of rebirth. We're in a season, right? Soon we're going to be in a in a harvest season, I believe, but everything's not quite working right, but it soon will be. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1, we begin the story. The Lord said to Abraham, remember he's in the land of, uh, of Ur, you know, he's, which is kind of like in Iraq, Iran right now. And he says, get out of your country, leave your family, your father's house to a land that I will show you. Mm-hmm. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I'm going to make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I like, listen, God doesn't just want to bless you. He wants to make you a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, curse, those, curse him who curses you. How many know that's still true of Israel? And in you, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's why you're here. 
You're not, you're not Jewish, but you're here because all nations are going to be blessed because of Abraham. Amen? But Abraham said, Lord God, oh, that, that's, that's, hang on, hang on. Don't have to go there until I go there. Thank you. So, so listen, Abraham at this point is 75 years old. I mean, he's lived a long time already. He's not a young man. He's 75. God calls him out of or uproots his family, and they go to the promised land, and God says, I'm going to give you a nation. He hasn't had even one child yet. It's not working. The promise is there, but it's not happening. So we go to chapter 15 and verse 2, and Abraham begins to talk about this, and he said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? If I died right now, my, my head servant would inherit everything. That, that's, that's not right. Then Abraham said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. That's, that's Eliezer. But God says, Behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. That's the way it is. So he brought him outside. He looked at the stars, the sand of the sea. He says, Look at the stars. Can you count them? That's, 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 your, that, that's how many you'll have. And Abraham's thinking, Settle for one. And he believed in the Lord. Did you catch that? He's an old man, but he believed in the Lord. And God accounted it to him, put it in the books, accounted it to him for righteousness. There's still not an heir. Listen, I want you to understand this. Everything doesn't have to be working right for God's promise to come to you. Y'all didn't hear me. Everything does not have to work just right or be working at all for God's promise to be true and for God to do what he said he would do. Don't stand around waiting for something to start working because God said it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But everything doesn't have to be working. It doesn't even have to look like it's ever going to happen for God to bless you. Genesis chapter 16, the story goes on in verse 1. Now, Sarah, Abram's, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had this Egyptian. Here we go. Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. You know, a name like that, that's like warning right away. Hagar. Must be an Egyptian thing. So Sarai said to Abraham, see now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Y'all know what that's biblical for. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarai. All right, all right, let's just, let's just sit here a minute. Let's just, so let's get this straight now. Sarah's the wife. Hagar is <laughs> this servant they picked up in Egypt. 
Remember when they were in Egypt? So they picked her up. She's just a servant. Mm -hmm. Next verse says, so then Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, and the Egyptian gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife after Abram had dwelt 10 years. So he's 85 in the land of Canaan. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So he went into Hagar, and she conceived. But when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. <clears throat> so let, let me interpret this. Um, it sounded like a good idea. But after, come on, ladies, after Sarah got to thinking about it, she finally, you know, after the child was born, and she began to think, you know, I'm number one, but this might change on me. Uh, and she kind of just kind of began to get this attitude like, I'm the wife here, and as far as I'm concerned, you could take this brat and get out of here. I, I don't want anything to do with you. So the whole thing shifted, the whole attitude shifted, and, and Abraham's like, you told me to do it. I, I didn't want to do it. Are the children out of here? I, okay. Okay, Abram, we'll just go with that. So... So, hmm. so, so, so here, here's the point. Don't second guess God. Whenever you start saying things like, I guess God meant, you're probably already in trouble. Just because things aren't going well doesn't mean don't come to the conclusion that I need to do something about it. I need to work in my own strength, my own ability, my own power. I may, may, maybe God's waiting on me to do something. Hagar, come help us out here. How many know that was the beginning of all troubles on the planet Earth? All right? Follow the genealogies. Not good, not good, not good. They're still fighting over that. I said they're still fighting over that. Some mistakes we made just go on and on and on and on. Genesis chapter 18, then we pick up the story in verse 1. So the, the Lord appeared to him. You remember when, he, when Abraham was, was sitting under the tree in memory and, and uh, in the door of the tent in the heat of the day, and these three angels came, right? Verse 2. Let me just read through this real quick. So he lifted his eyes, looked, and three men were standing by him. When he saw them, he ran to the tent door to meet them because of the laws of hospitality. Hospitality is huge. I wish I need to just preach on that. So the laws of hospitality, he, he didn't have any idea who these guys are. How many know we would just ignore them today? If three guys knocked on your door, come on now. Especially white shirts and ties, and <laughs> but the law of hospitality says because because of the the kind of life they they didn't have hotel six right I mean motel eight or whatever it's called so you, there were laws of hospitality so Abraham takes him in he ran to the tent door and he bowed himself to the ground next verse and he said my lord if I have now found favor in your sight do not pass on by your servant. 
um, you know, wait, uh, let me get a little water, wash your feet, rest yourselves under the tree. Um, eventually he, uh, gets a morsel of bread and he brings them. I mean, I mean, he kills a calf. I, I, I mean, nowadays it would be inconvenient for us if we had to thaw something out. <laughs> and there's a button on your microwave. It says quick thaw, Quick defrost, right? And you hit that baby, and you, in no time. But they had to kill it and gut it and, and strip it and cut it and, and cook it. And it probably took most of the day, but the laws of hospitality. He's going to take care of them. So he said, go ahead and do as you've said. Um, so then they, at some point they said, where's your wife? Oh, oh she's, she's here in the tent, probably working right while he's chatting. Typical man. All four of them were sitting there with the remotes. <laughs> and he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Now, now Sarah was listening. Come on, ladies, you know what I'm talking about. What's, what, are they, what are they talking about? So she was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old. They were old. Well advanced in age. Boy, they're really stressing this, right? And Sarah, not only that, <laughs> she had passed the age of childbearing. I mean, he said it three different ways. She's not going to have a child. You got me? Okay. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself. <laughs> you would too. After I've grown, grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? He hello. It's not going to work. It hasn't been working. The evidence is there. I mean, here's God saying this is going to happen, and you're like, it ain't been happening. And I, I, I don't know why you think it's going to start happening when it hasn't been happening, and I'm old, and he's old, and, you know, we, we have separate rooms. And I, I don't even know wh what you're talking about here. You know, how many know life can sometimes get complicated? Genesis chapter 20, verse 1, And Abraham journeyed from there to the south and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and stayed in Gerar. Because something's going, something happened after these angels. Abraham said to Sarah, Notice there's an H here now. And there's an H here now. Hmm. She's my sister, O king of Abimelech. Because... He knew if once he got in there, if Abimelech wanted his wife, he would kill him and just take his wife. So he knew it was a foregone conclusion. So he just said, she's my sister. And Sarah was like, well, thanks a lot, big guy. But y'all are missing something here. Y'all are missing something. 
King Abimelech could have any woman in the kingdom. Why would the king want a 90-year-old woman? How many believe something's happening? <laughs> I mean, she's not like, I'm going to have a son. You ain't having nothing, honey. You're, <laughs> something, you're, you're deluded. Why in the world would the king want, you know, now the only reason King Abimelech would want a 90-year-old woman is if he were 110. Now there's a good-looking woman. I'm sorry if I'm offending people. I'm old too. I'm allowed. I don't know what's going on here, but this doesn't make sense why Abraham was scared to death because he looked at his wife, Sarah, and he said, Sarah, something's happening to you. Listen, she wasn't pregnant with a cane all bent over, wriggled. No, no, she started straightening up, amen. Her, oh, something happened to Sarah. She didn't look like she was 90 anymore. For some reason, she looked a good, she was 28 again. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? All of a sudden, this king, this king had a reason to want her in his harem. Something happened to Abram and Sarai. Remember, God said, I'm going to change your name. Now listen, it's not just about a name change, it's how he changed it. In the Hebrew, he only added the letter H. In the Hebrew, there are no vowels in the, in the Hebrew language. He only added the letter <sighs> He looked at Abram and said, your name is now Abram. <sighs> and he looked at Sarah. <sighs> and Abram's old. And Sarah's old. And he looked at both of them and he breathed on them and said, I'm going to change your name. You're Abraham and you're Sarah. Hallelujah. Oh, church, we need God to breathe on us one more time. Amen. To get us to the point where we can do the impossible and live with a miracle. Amen. Oh, God, breathe on the church again. Change our name and let us be the people of God that you want us to be. All he did was, oh, and their lives, I mean their lives were completely changed. Can I get a praise for the Lord? Amen. Wow. Genesis 21 and, and verse 1. And the Lord visited Sarah, as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time. Oh, thank God for the set time of which God had spoken to him. Whatever God's promised you, there is a set time. I don't know if it's on the calendar yet. You know, it's not on your Google calendar, amen. It's not showing up on your little, uh, little smartphone. But God has a set time for what he promised you. And when he said it's going to happen, it's going to happen. You don't have to know when it's going to happen. But God said when it happens, it's going to happen. Hallelujah. But you know what gets me is that, Abraham and Sarah had to get a hold of this. 
Watch this. Because mm, sometimes you have to have faith to try it one more time. Abraham and Sarah are starting to feel better. Hey, honey. <laughs> you know, Abraham, it's been a while, but are you feeling what? I, yeah, I'm fe- <laughs> But this is crazy, Abe. Eh? This, this can't be happening. But, but some, <laughs> I want you to get this. This is, I'm trying to make it real. <laughs> Thank God for children's church. But Abraham and Sarah had to do something that they weren't doing that was not. It was not possible for them to do. But then God says, yeah, you can do this. Yeah, this is going to happen. I said, this is going to happen. But you have to follow through on what God told you to do, amen. God, 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 once God anoints you for a purpose, that anointing never leaves. And, and listen, the seed that he puts in you never dies. Listen, this wasn't a one-time thing for Abraham and Sarah. It wasn't like it's just, just okay. <laughs> It wasn't a one-night stand. <laughs> Something happened in their bodies, in their lives. God resurrected them. Listen, to prove this, go to Genesis chapter 25. And this is something nobody ever preaches about because it's really strange. Because after Sarah died, Abraham, Abraham took another wife. Y'all know that? He got married again. He's like, he's like 125. You go, Abraham. <laughs> Keturah. I don't know how old Keturah is, but Abraham's old. And she bore him Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, all the Dans, Median, Ishbak, Shua. My God. Abraham's 125, 150, and he's got six more sons. What God puts in you will stay in you. And once God begins a work, it's not going to end until God says it ends. Amen. God's not in this wave of things. God is going to raise you up, and God's going to use you in a great way. And nothing, no devil in hell can take what God has given you. Ah, hallelujah. Never, 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 never. God's in charge. So here's the question I want to leave with you. Why would God take it away in the first place? And why does God sometimes delay only to do it later? I like what Jake says. We may be delayed, but we're never denied. Why would God do that? I mean, why wouldn't God just do it while they were young? This young couple in their early 80s, 
Why didn't God just do it then? Why didn't God just give him a son right away? Why did God take away the ability only to do it when it was impossible to do? And I think the reason is because once you've lost it and then you get it back, you appreciate it. And you always give him the credit. And you'll always give him the glory. And everybody around you will give him the glory. And everyone will say it was God. Because there's no way Abraham and, I, and, and, and Sarah could have had that boy. There's no way, no way possible. No one believed it was possible. But God said, I'm going to do it anyway. Listen, don't, don't get all wrapped up. He said, look, things are getting harder. Things are getting worse. Things are out of control. I mean, when God promised it back a few years, now, now, now it's even less likely that it's ever going to happen. But sometimes God will just push it until it is not only not likely, but it's simply impossible. And that's when he shows up. That's when he steps on the scene. That's when he says, okay, now that you've almost given up hope, if you're still believing, even though it's not possible, if you're still believing, I'm going to shoot. I'm going to show up and work a miracle in your sight. Give him a praise. Amen. In fact, let's just give him a crazy praise. And Come on, let's just give him a crazy praise. My God, he's going to do something. It's going to be amazing, Journey Life Center. It's starting to work. It's starting to come together. God's word is true. Let's all stand and give him a shout one more time. Woo! Glory to God! Hallelujah! How many believe this is a word from the Lord? Prophesy in the name of Jesus. The impossible is going to happen. I feel like dancing. They told us in school when you preach, I always just stay by your pulpit. <laughs> 